I'm a publisher, and one day my daughter Christina asked me to write a novel with her. Well, that day was long ago, and that little girl is now an adult. But our novels live on. The Truth Seekers Mystery Series highlights a homeschool family, the Murphy Teens, in an action-adventure novel that is sure to entertain as well as teach creation truths. To get your copy, visit our website at truthseekersmysteryseries.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com and here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz, and we have an exciting show for you today. Um, have you read a series of books that could possibly change not only our educational landscape, but your kids for the better? Well, today we are going to be talking to an author who I'm going to bring on in just a minute. Um, we are talking about education within the pages of a novel, and you can find today's show notes at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, episode 469, and the topic today is novel education. My special guest, who was on episode 448 of Vintage Homeschool Moms Classroom Creativity, The Key to Education, is with me today. He is an author, a public speaker, a mastermind behind the Britfield Media Empire, and I'd like to welcome Mr. Chad Stewart. Welcome, Chad. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited because you have been busy since the last time we <laughs> had the interview, and you've progressed with many projects. I think at that time, uh, you had two books, and you had um, book three in the works, a theatrical play, and the first Britfield movie uh, that was in the works. So um, first of all, did I leave anything out? I'm sure I left a lot out of your bio. <laughs> oh, no, but that's good. That's a good overview. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, but they can find out more at Britfield.com, and that's B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D.com. It's a really cool um, interactive website. Parents, you'll want to check it out with your kids. Um, and then there's also BritfieldInstitute.org. So, Chad, um, your books are amazing. And before we dive into that, just give us a little bit of a background of what is going on um, with the Britfield series. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it started as an idea over 10 years ago. I'm originally from Newport Beach, California. I was back east in, in uh, Massachusetts, Wells in Massachusetts. And uh, that's when the whole concept or idea of, of the first book, Britfield and the Lost Crown, started. And uh, it took me four years and 2,500 hours to write book one. And it took over 10 years from concept to launching in August of 2019, uh, the first in a seven book series. And uh, since then, since August, it's been absolutely amazing. The feedback has been tremendous. Uh, Britfield and Lost Crown is one of the most awarded books in children's fiction. 
uh, we were on a uh, na multiple national school tours. I ended up driving 9,000 miles, 23 states, visited over 180 schools and presented in front of more than 40,000 students in every imaginable situation as far as auditoriums packed with 400 fourth through eighth graders to small libraries with 50 mm -hmm. or 60 homeschool farm in, in Reno, Nevada to, you know, top uh, private schools uh, in New Orleans, you know, to Memphis, Tennessee. So, so amazing impact, amazing launch of the series. And uh, we launched book two, Britfield and the Rise of the Lion last year, um, July 4th, and we're getting ready to launch Britfield and the Rise of the Lion this year, August, 2022. So it's um it's really the trilogy of a seven book series and 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 it's and it's interesting in in the book world and we can talk more about this if we have time but it's it's great to have the first book but it's really not until you hit that trilogy that sort of seems to be the uh, the, the the magic number if you will right. um, because kids you know, want to so, collect books I think you know they, they love do. book collections yeah and for for anyone that comes into book one it's like they they read it they love it and they have nowhere to go and then suddenly they, they can go to book two and then they got to wait and so it's to have the three keeps them busy you know, right. for a couple of months <laughs> so we're excited about that I'll start on book four uh, this fall and then uh, I'm not sure when that's going to launch but I think what's unique and, and exciting about the series and we can talk more about this because it's going to tie into education. Uh, and influence and impact on history is that each book is it's it's placed in current time, so it's not mm -hmm. post-apocalyptic. It's not it's not back in history. Uh, it takes place in different countries. So first one's in England, second one's in France, third one's in Italy. And as uh, Tom and Sarah, the two main characters, are in this exciting adventure, which has a royal thread to it, um, you know they're visiting all these different places. So I incorporate history, geography, art, architecture, and culture. So we like to call it stealth education, but as children are children are reading the, these books, they're learning, and I think mm -hmm. that's what's so exciting. They're not learning about you know fantasy worlds or space or demigods or you know right, um, right. superheroes. They're learning about real places, real things, and you know with all the series, we, we really it really makes them think. Um, we bring in the critical thinking, the creativity, the communication, the collaboration. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, excitement in your books. They're definitely an adventure series. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of excitement to keep the kids going. And I know when I was a kid and would read, um, I'd get in trouble for reading. My, mm. my dad would talk to me and I didn't hear him because I was so immersed. So my mm. punishment as a kid was I'd get my books taken away. <laughs> no, we used to oh, laugh, right. laugh about it years later, but that right. was if, the only way only that could, was a problem today. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But and, and I think I love, I love what you're doing and um, you're going to share that as well um, as you know, cause I, the preface to this episode was that, you know, the, this, series really has some life-changing aspects. And for those of you who are listening in my audience, you know, we are, uh, a lot of you are homeschoolers, you know, of course, some of you are not. Um, so we already see what the issues are with education. And then with the whole, you know, issue of the schools getting closed down and so forth, a lot of parents got to sit in and watch their children's education unfold before their eyes. And a lot of them were shocked by what they saw. Absolutely. So there was a, a big exodus into homeschooling. Um, and a lot of parents are looking for good quality materials that they can use alongside their, their children's education and books. Um, because uh, to be honest with you, Chad, when my kids were, um, you know, really loved reading, we would have to go either if they got a 
a gift card to the bookstore or even go to the library and they would bring the books that they wanted to buy, for example, at the bookstore and we'd be in the coffee shop and I would be flipping the backs of them and skimming the books to see if they were acceptable because the first chapter might not be bad, but then when, when you get into the book, you could see some aspects and you could kind of tell by the write-up and it was terrible because out of 10 books, you know, maybe three were acceptable and it was Mm -hmm. a hard process and not every parent is going to do that. Right. Uh, So that's why I'm glad to have you on. And I've actually been through book one entirely book two. I'm halfway through. And the reason I didn't, I just got it back. (laughs) I think I showed it to you on the screen. We we're on video here, but we're only uh, recording the audio, but that's because um, I just got it back from my granddaughter. So what happens is when grandma gets books, sometimes they get stolen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that that's actually a compliment, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so she's excited about book three coming out and she's the big reader in the family. So first of all, share with us some of the things that you have seen um, that really have changed, in your opinion, education um, for the better with your series? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, just to kind of restate what I said before, and, and, and I didn't realize when I started this 10 years ago, um, the need, you know, for, for edifying books uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in the children's uh, area. And it's interesting, it was, it was almost 10 years ago when I started book one, you know, I, I didn't have any background, if you will, in, in writing children's fiction. I did as a writer. I used to write movie scripts. So I was very trained in that aspect. I was writing nonfiction. But again, to fictional books, adventure series, it's a whole other ballpark. So I went, to, I went to Barnes & Noble and I started to just to see what was on the shelves. And quite frankly, I was, this is 10 years ago, maybe maybe eight years ago. I was horrified. I mean, it, it just, it did. The, the, the books I grew up with, you know, like sort of the Hardy Boys, you know, right. I mean, or James and the Giant Peach or... Even some of Charles Dickens' um, novels, things like that, were were fun and they had a they had a real element to it. But everything is so far gone, so fantasy, demigods, witchcraft, vampires. I mean, and, and it's just it, it's it's utterly ridiculous. And so uh, I think that's where Britfield is, you know, standalone. I, I I don't know it's equal out there right now in the industry. I mean, what's what's so fun about it, as I said, is it's just based in it's based on in reality. It's based in real time. That's a fictional mm-hmm. story. But it's it's a, it's so important because kids can relate to it. Now, the kids are never going to relate to Harry Potter. They might relate to Harry because he's he's a, he's an orphan, or he lost his parents, or he's an outsider. But he's a, he's a, he's a he's a witch, you know. Right. And and so that that's a, that's a huge disconnect with reality. And so kids will never make that sort of, if you will, final final gap to it. They're, there's nothing to draw from it. You can't wave a wand to solve your problems. Right. And so Tom and Sarah, my main characters, they're 12 years old in book one. They're constantly with situations and they're constantly discussing it they're talking about it what should we do let's try this what about this and they're having this sort of collaboration this conversation open communication working things out taking what they know and going out and trying to solve problems or find you know right, find a way right. to escape or whatever it is and, and and sometimes they're the right answers sometimes they're the wrong answers but they try and they learn from their mistakes and and they improve along the way and so i think just that practical impact um, of the characters, you know, book one, they're 12, book two, they're 13, book three, they're 14. And so that's really important too, because they're growing and they're maturing throughout the books. And then again, to every book's in a new country. But I will say this, um, it's just, it's just immediate feedback. Um, uh, we, um, on book, on book three, so book three is Britfield and the Return of the Prince. It's almost 600 pages, takes place in Italy. Thomas are now 14. On the third manuscript, so I had, you know, manuscript form, 
uh, I had sent out to a couple of schools. Uh, one is in uh, Mission Viejo, uh, which is Southern California, private school there. And they've been wonderful. We've, we've done a lot of work with them and, and I've done so three presentations. They pre- pre-read the novel do they have yeah, like a so draft copy okay they, so that you get feedback okay and so there was 24 students from mm-hmm. um 14 to i think 10 or 11 and uh, and they were all they had all they were all kind of hand selected just because they were readers number one number two they had read book one and two so they knew they were familiar with the series and so they had three weeks to read it and then fill out a three-page survey i was down there two weeks ago at the library sit you know eight o'clock in the morning first round of four to five you know, students coming in. And we just sat around the table talking about, you know, book three, what they thought, what they liked, what they didn't like. And I was just taking a ton of notes. But the feedback, and I'll never forget, especially from, from the girls, was that they just absolutely, they love the series, but but from 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 their from their mouth to my ears, they're like saying, it's so it's 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 practical. I can learn things from it. I can relate to the characters. I can relate to the situations. I love how they think out their problems. I love how they, you know. And I'm hearing it like this is two weeks ago. I'm hearing it from the students. Like we have we have specific objectives for the series and things that we're hoping to accomplish: improving literacy, bringing mm-hmm. things back to family values and the basics, as I like to say, common sense, you know, creativity, and all those things. But to actually hear it from the students that we are having that impact, that they they love the series, it makes them think, they love the adventure, they love the description. Um, one of the greatest comments I got is that the, that the books, books don't remind them of anything they've ever read. Um, I think we scored about a 9.5 out of a zero a scale, one to 10, just out of that group that loved it. Uh, and so the feedback was tremendous. And then just um, last week, I was at a, a private school in, uh, in Southern California in front of... Um, 500, no, I'm sorry, 150 students, big auditorium, third through eighth, which is wow. I never really do. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's, a, yeah. that's a big stretch between the third graders that's and eighth a big, graders. And they, were, they were really cute. They're all in the uh, front. They're all like all excited. And the picture yeah. would go up and it's like, but anyway, um, but it was just wonderful. Just the impact we were having just, just in real time. And this is like a week ago and some of the feedback I was getting from the kids and uh, some that had read the series. And so I, I say all of this to say that I'm I'm very um, in sync with my reading audience and what we're doing. Set aside from the national uh, school tours that we've done, where you know I've sat there, you know, uh, you know, for an hour and a half doing book signings, talking to each child that came by personally, you know, signing the book to them and seeing what they thought of the series or you know what they like to read or you know all of these different things. And so I, I don't know many authors, if any. That has that has had that kind of impact and that sort of personal. I mean, it took me eighteen months, you know, give and take breaks and stuff right. of traveling major, across the nation. Yeah, major road trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we broke it up and stuff. But yeah. you know, so I, wonderful. Hopefully, that kind of answered it. Yeah, yeah, and I I think too, um, you know, there's a mystery thread throughout the books um, that the kids are trying to make sense of things, and as a reader, you're not really sure what's going on. You're pretty much, you might know a little bit more than, than the kids do in the book, the characters, but not a whole lot more. And, um, and so that's kind of fun. You're kind of solving it with the kids. Uh, the other is that they take care of each other. Yes. You know, there's a real respect between the, the two, you know, the two characters and, um, you know, and so, of course, Sarah is really smart, which is, you know, yes. does help a lot. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that that it's um, it's really cool to watch how they're they're solving the mysteries. Plus, there's kind of this, um, you know, a historical background with the monarchy. 
And so I think before with the first interview, I had just read something really interesting about, you know, the whole, I won't give anything away, um, you know, about the monarchy and what your, what your books are pointing toward, but it was, it was really fascinating that I had just randomly read that somewhere. And, Mm. and then I interviewed you and I had asked you about that, um, then because, um, you know, there's a question as to, as to whether the monarchy in existing is, is, should be there, you know? And yes, so that was, yeah, yeah. and that was kind of interesting to read that. So and, and we're seeing some major transformations right now. It's, 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 it's interesting how, how insane and almost pro- prophetic these books right. are with, with what's happening right now. And, and, and most of the history in the book is, is accurate. That's what's so great about it. Of course we have the Britfield threat and many ask me, are the Britfields real? <laughs> you know? yeah. so I'm like, I don't know. Are they like, but, uh, but no, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're very in sync. With, with current times. And I think right now, and I like to say this, actually I was being interviewed in, in uh, uh, through Salem Communications, uh, you know, big, big um, interview back in January. And, and the gentleman who was interviewing me said, you know, this is, we're, this is a part of history, right? Mm-hmm. He's talking right. about me and Bridgefield and what we're doing. And I, and I really like that. I, I, I right. think it is a part of history. It's that beginning of something really exciting and big and, and impactful and transformational, not just nationally, but globally, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're selling books right now in, in England and Australia and Germany. And I mean, we're getting feedback from all over the world. So yeah. it's, it's exciting. Yeah, I know that um, in our correspondence, especially with the first interview, um, I had been hit with so many different requests and I have a lot of help um, in my business. But the one thing I don't have help with is emails because I want to handle those. And I had sure. just gotten, you know, inundated with people you know, who either had handlers or, you know, wanted interviews. And some of it was just junk. Like I'd go click on and say, uh, no, no. And so yeah. I think I just like, I'd gotten two or three from you guys, um, very insistent. And then finally I just emailed and I said, I just want to know two things. <laughs> Number one is their gender ideology. And then I forgot what my other thing was. And you actually wrote back cause you were in the thread with other people and you were kind of offended by that question. Well, your, your, your tone was strong. I don't know if you were offended <laughs> or not, but it was like, no, absolutely not. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, I yeah. like this guy. So <laughs> I'll, I'll have him on. But, um, but yeah, that's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, politicking that's going on. There's a lot of um, subversiveness in some of the things you yes. read. Um, and M- most you know, of it really, most of it, it is. Yeah. And that, like yeah. I was telling you, you know, and 10 years ago was probably when I was at the bookstore as well with my kids, uh, cause my youngest now is 20, 21. So I, you know, when we were going through and I just, we could not find acceptable things for them to read. I mean, in fact, we went yeah. back to a lot of the classics, um, and that helped, you know, so. Sure. You know, in fact, it was it was funny because you're talking about Hardy Boys and, you know, even Nancy Drew. And play, and if you read sure. those books today, you may say, well, this is not, you know, something that could be read today because, you know, someone's going to pull something out of that uh, that really is not there. So yes. um, so it's it's great to have something new, something that's exciting, something with a mystery uh, suspense kind of a thing. These kids do not sit still. They're racing against time. And, yes. you know, there are people that um, want their demise. And so it's, it's really, um, you know, it's really a fun read. 
and will keep the kids at the edge of their seats and um, occupied. I know you said that there is a study guide for book one, correct? correct. And then that's on your website. Yes, it's um, you can purchase it on the website. It's uh, it's an 83 page uh, study guide based on national standards. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. It goes through chapter by chapter. Britfield and Lost Crown is meant to be taught in the classroom or to a homeschool group or if you're homeschooling. And it's perfect. Um, so instead of teaching the other books out there, little by little, we're replacing the other crap that's in the schools and the bringing in Britfield and kids are learning real things, real qualities. Um, I think what's great about the series, of the, and especially with book one, is that it really um, it challenges the reader, the child to um, think for themselves um, that challenges their, their critical thinking and their, their, their creativity. Um, I create, you know, the thread or the framework, but I don't fill in every detail where I think so many books have too much detail. You know what I mean? You're reading along and it's story, 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 and then three paragraphs of unnecessary detail. I don't do that. I keep it very tight. I'll be honest, um, with book three, 600 pages, I had one girl that read it in two days, the manuscript. I mean, mm-hmm. it's un- unbelievable. And it's funny what you were saying earlier on. Uh, there was two of the boys that said, oh, my gosh, I couldn't stop reading it uh, because because I got caught by my mom at 2 a.m. in the morning. And she said, <laughs> lights out. At, she goes, lights out at nine o'clock on a, on a, on a school day. And he goes, oh, but yeah. I was reading by the aquarium light. So I didn't really have the light on. Right. He was justifying yeah. it. But uh, it's just a way it's a way that I structure it. I layer it and I just keep them. I keep I keep them pulled in and engaged in reading. And mm-hmm. our, our youngest reader for book one has been seven. Our oldest reader has been 93 year old woman who read it in five hours. And I'd say half of our reading audience are adults. They love it. And I was mentioning earlier that just a couple of days ago or last week, received um, a wonderful you know, two, three paragraph email from a woman. And she says, oh, my gosh, she goes, my daughter loved this book. Which I have to tell you, I absolutely I couldn't stop reading it. She goes, I'm 63 years old. And she goes, this is a great book. You know, and she just goes, I'm going to tell all my friends. You know, what I mean, and we get that kind of feedback um, all the time from across the nation and even abroad. And it's and of course, it's encouraging. But it just, it just, uh, we're having the kind of impact and influence that we, mm-hmm. we want to have, that we're hoping to have, where we're getting people not only excited about reading, but we're, we're reading something good, wholesome. Right. And, and I was going to say one thing that this entire series is founded on family. That's the foundation. If you said, what's the theme of the book, right? It's family. I think that was my second part of the thing. I yeah. said, you know, are these f- family friendly? Because yeah. a lot of times, even within, you know, we, we would do is do read alouds with our kids. And so we'd read one or two chapters of a book every evening. And, you know, and so my kids really enjoyed that. That was when I asked them, you know, what is one of the favorite things that we did as homeschoolers? And that was what they would bring up. You know, we did a lot of trips and some really amazing things. My kids learned to scuba dive and, you know, they did some amazing things, but that was one of the things that they said they enjoyed the most. And my daughter's continued that legacy with her Mm -hmm. kids that she's homeschooling. Yeah, you know, the other interesting thing you you wrote, you uh, talked about with the mom who said, you know, her daughter loved it. I, I read books with my granddaughter. So I will sometimes, you know, uh, get the book on Kindle and then read it to see if it's appropriate enough. And she has a Kindle that is um, protected. So she, she can't get any books. She can only and she's 14. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's only books I send her, you know, and yeah. I, I've, it was one of my old Kindles. I have two Kindles. So that just tells you this is my third. I read that. I can read that much. And, um, and so it's my husband said, he goes, well, what, what's going to happen when you really retire? He goes, I'll never be able to talk to you. You'll have so many books downloaded. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. 
But, but that's something that's great too, because as a parent, you know, when you, or grandparent, when you read the book, you can discuss that with your child. And that is so important because, um, you know, I was, I was talking to my granddaughter the other day and, um, you know, a beautiful pool and I never sit out there, you know, with lounge chairs and an umbrella. So finally I said to her, I said, Sam, let's go out there. You and I are going to sit out there and read books and sit by the pool. So we did. And half the time we were talking about different characters, we were reading different books, but uh, characters and so forth. And it was, it was amazing because it was interesting to see how she was thinking, you know, it wasn't quite my perspective on things. So when you have a novel that the family is reading, or you're having your children read, one of the things I would highly recommend is that you read it so that you can discuss it with your children. And this series, at least I can say, you know, is entertaining enough to keep our attention because a lot of them aren't, you know, they're, Um, you know, and a lot of the ones that, um, that she seemed to like had, you know, some kind of um, historical background, or it was set in a specific time, like there was, you know, turn of the century, or, or something like that. And it was interesting, because that those were the books she was gravitating toward that were, you know, real, Um, you know, a novel, but still with something that was, uh, foundational, like the turn of the century, you know, and how some of the hardships and so forth. Um, whereas a lot of the stuff that's out there, um, you know, I almost liken it to popcorn, you know, it's fun, but like, I remember watching my first superhero movie with my, my teenage boys. And all I could say was, this is so destructive. Who's paying for that building being destroyed, you know? (laughs) And, and, you know, that's how my mind thinks a little bit too practical. But it was, you know, like I missed the storyline because it was taking me completely out of it. But, um, but yeah, but, you know, and, and those are the blockbusters. So I'm really excited to see um, where this is heading. Before we end here, give me a little rundown of what is happening. So you've got something, some upcoming things releasing. And of course, if you're listening, this is 2022 summer. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, you know, always check out. Uh, the author's website. So it's again, Britfield.com, B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D.com. Um, but what's coming up, Chad? You've got a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're excited. So um, uh, we have the development of the first Britfield uh, live action movie. So that's been in development for the last um, six months. I actually met with my producer yesterday for a couple of hours, which was great. We talk every week, but we actually <clears throat> met in person. He's up in LA. And so he came down, which was great. And so so that's exciting, and that's starting, if you will, to rev up. We should probably have a major um, announcement and press releases. I would say by by fall or October. Of, okay, of wonderful. And at. that comes yeah. out when? When does that release? We're hoping we're we're projecting December. Or I like to say Christmas, but December two thousand twenty-four. And that's okay. not really that far away. I know it seems no. like it's far, but it's not. That's the first of seven movies. So you know they'll be they'll be coming out probably every eighteen to two months to two years, which is exciting. We're launching book three in August, um, nationally, globally, which is great because that hits our trilogy. You know, it's, it's seven books, but there's something about that trilogy that's exciting. Um, and, and they're just so well capped. You know, you have sort of England, France, and Italy. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's funny too, because everyone might have the one hit wonder <clears throat> with book one. Um, but I think, I think I love book one. Book one's always my, 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 
It's your baby. It's my baby. Yeah. But, but I <laughs> it took a but long I love, time. I, but I love, and it's 384 pages. We've had 12 year olds that have read it in five hours. So that should mm-hmm. tell you a lot. But book, book two is uh, 474 pages. Thomas Air 13 takes place in France. It's a little more intense. I love it. I mean, the feedback, I, I mean, I had one feedback from, um, from a, we did a global interview back in January and the gentleman had read book one and two and he said book two, he said it's a historical marvel. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, there's, and, it's and, very rich. It's very, yeah, that's and someone, rich. someone else said a, a masterpiece. And then my favorite comment is it's uh, it's a combination, the Bitfield series is a combination of, of C.S. Lewis and Dan Brown. <laughs> so oh, I thought, that is, that's, <laughs> that's pretty great, cool. Yeah. But no, then, so, so the launch of book three is big. And then um, the theatrical play, if we have a few minutes. Go ahead. Wait, so book three takes place in Italy. Where in Italy? Because I'm yeah, it Italian, starts, so I've been there. Oh, yeah. Well, you'll <laughs> like this. I mean, it's uh, it starts in um, in Lucerne, Switzerland. I don't want to give okay. anything away. And then uh, Lake Como, and then Milan, and then okay. Genoa. And then um, they drive through Pisa. And then Florence is the main one big scene. Okay. Rome, big scene. And then finally Venice. And then it ends up in Austria. Austria. Okay. So, uh, it, but I, I also incorporate a lot more in Italy. But it's it's interesting too because in book one you really just have London as the main city, right? Right. right. I mean, realistically, and um, and then in book two it's like it's really Paris. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. But with Italy, it's like it, that's why I think the book was so big. It's like it's like Florence is its own. Right. Uh, you know, each, a, each one of those volume. Yeah. 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 And then Rome, it's like I mean, I can't just have a couple of pages in Rome. And then Venice, it's like I mean, each one was so unique, distinct, and and it was a lot of fun to write. Um, but it's very vivid, and and I and I really, it's it's I've really incorporated the landscape and the different towns that they visit, even Turin, you know, and all these different places, and a little shout Wonderful. out from there and stuff. So yeah, so it's it's very rich and um, and amazing, and it's fun because yeah. So uh, tell us about the something. screen. Wonderful. Tell us about the screenplay. Yeah, the, the, the play. So uh, it was suggested to me almost two years ago from a, from a, a teacher uh, that, that directed theater, um, actually at Mission Viejo um, School, that uh, we were doing it as our first presentation. She said, do you ever think of making a, a Britfield as a play? And of course, we've always, it's always been about the movies. It, it reads like a movie. 90% yeah, it does. of the, the it feedback does. I get is like, it, I, I thought I was in a movie. I thought I was there. <clears throat> but I'm like, no, I didn't. And then finally in October of last year, we pulled the trigger and I said, let's, let's develop the play. But it's very, it's very specific. It's a play that's designed for middle schools. Um, it, it'll eventually be an adapted into a musical for Broadway. We've already talked about that. I've talked about, I've talked with um, another gentleman that does Broadway musicals and stuff. And, you know, that's down the road. But it was interesting too, just like anything else, like coming back to what you're talking about, coming to Barnes and Noble and not really knowing what's out there. I mean, what do I know about children's theater mm-hmm. and um and so just really from that research i, I found um, i found that it's really just it's like it's like 40 or 50 of the same plays um some you know greece you know 50 years ago you know um the outsiders um newsies um uh, aladdin jr is a big one um frozen and so you know and the most of them are musicals and i'm like you know, what you've done is you've really alienated 90% of the kids who want to go out for theater because number one, they don't sing. And number two, right. if you sing and you've got a great voice, what are you going to do with it? And, right. and I'm not saying that to be offensive, but I'm saying good luck. We don't, good luck going off to New York and auditioning for a Broadway play, but kids that want to act or, and, and again, too, it doesn't mean that they have to go into a career of acting, but acting is a wonderful background for communication and just having natural skills and stuff. And so we've designed Britfield specifically. It's like an actor's play. It's 90 minutes, it's a two-act play. Uh, we've structured it so wonderful. I mean, it's hard. 
because because it's it's a big novel and it's got a lot of a lot of different aspects to it and stories and moving parts. But it's um it's it's finished. I'm working on the director's notes right now. It'll be launched or piloted in October. I think it's going to be huge, um and 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 exciting. But what's neat about it is that um you know. 30 to 40 different students can be involved in the play. You've That's got a about, lot. That's great. It is. It can be. And you've, yeah. got about, um, you've got about 15 to 20 different speaking roles throughout. So set aside from the obvious main characters. So they all have abilities to even get, give a little monologue or to speak or to do this. And they're involved in the play all the way through. So you have the orphanage, whether the orphanage at the beginning and, and they're, they're in the background and it's great. And there's some monologues with different actors and stuff as the scenes are happening. And then as they move to Oxford, suddenly you have the students. This is what's a lot of fun. Is like what's great about the play too is is that it's in current time. So most of the costumes will be the, the children's own clothing. So when they're at Oxford, they're well, they're they'll wear uh, like a nice you know um, outfit. Blazer, to, yeah, well, yeah, wear to yeah. school, yeah. yeah, or blazer. And they'll be walking around in the background, walking up the aisle, I, the aisles, you know, carrying books off to class. And suddenly, suddenly they're the students at Oxford. It's taking place in the scene. And then when you're in London, they wear their Sunday best or their, you know, a suit right. or a nice dress. And, you know, one guy's carrying a, uh, an umbrella, hailing a cab and a couple of girls are walking up, carrying cups, cups of coffee, whatever you need. And so it's like they're, they're in the play throughout. You as the audience are experiencing, literally think like you're looking around, you're like, you feel like you're in Oxford. You feel like you're in London. Mm-hmm. We'll have wonderful um, digital images uh, in the back of the screen that will that will, you know, like when they're flying over Oxford, you'll see the peaks of Oxford. As they come into Windsor Castle, you'll see this gorgeous castle, London. Uh, there'll be sound effects, and um, it's just, it, and it's, and it's, um, it's a seamless pr- presentation. And what I mean by that is, this, there's never um, where like the lights go out and then there's a change of the scene. And the lights go up. There'll be like the lights go out in the back. A light goes on center stage, and they're talking. And then that that light goes out, and then it goes back to the very center cool. stage, and and then yeah. you know what I mean. So it's yeah, it's very it's cool. Com- it's smooth transition mm-hmm. of the whole thing. So anyway, yeah. Very so we're cool. excited. Yeah. So so once it's piloted, and we we see how it's you know received, and we kind of tweak it, then we're launching it nationally. That's over hundred thousand elementary, middle schools next year. Wonderful. And so Britfield's going to be adapted by thousands of schools. You know, and and what I love about it is it's it's fresh. It's something fun. It's current. It's real. And um, and it's based on family values, you know. So instead of doing, you know, this mysticism and magic with Aladdin or 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 yeah. um, Frozen, so, you know, yeah. you have Very you have a real right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, wonderful. All right, Chad. Last words for the audience. Oh yeah, well, just definitely uh, check us out on uh, Britfield.com. As you said, it's a wonderful uh, award-winning website. Uh, it's got over 400 pictures of England. So book one, it's a great way to sort of walk through it. And see it and experience it. It's like I might describe Hyde Park or London or St. James or Mayfair, but you can actually see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got over 100 pages uh, of further information. We have all our uh, resources there. We talk about our book tours. We have all our media interviews, media kit. Uh, so it's a great, fun, interactive website. Book one is um, hardcover, softcover, ebook, and audio. So it's an award winning audio. Oh, wonderful. Version. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, we we won a gold, first place gold medal. Uh, Parents' Choice Award for the audio Wonderful. version from award-winning voice talent, British voice talent, Ian Ru- Russell. So he, he did an amazing job. He does all the characters' voices. He doesn't just read it. He does all the characters' voices. Wonderful. So that is cool. We've had, we just we've received constant wonderful feedback about that. And then, and then same thing with book two. And then we're really excited about book three. So, so yeah, so, so check us out, support us, and spread the word. Okay. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Take well, care. Well, great. Thank you for having me.
Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.